last night. She had not even understood what he wanted at first, and had not hidden her shock when he explained. In the span of minutes, the affectionate and generous lover had become the angry and spurned patron. Cold, hard, mean. He transformed into a man who had paid more than he ought for a possession, only to discover that he had been defrauded. Her face warmed at the memory of the sordid scene in her bedchamber before he left. She had thought she was his beloved, his paramour. He had made it clear that he considered her a common whore. His scathing words had been so many slaps, wakening her from an illusion created out of her own hopelessness and loneliness. "'If I am too proud, call for the carriage and allow me to leave. Show the kindness of permitting me to retain what little of that pride remains. I would be alone without female company, then. I will look a fool in my own home. We will say I became ill. We will say—' His hand came to rest on her shoulder, silencing her. He grasped firmly, hurtfully. She tried to suppress a shiver of revulsion at the sensation of his palm on her skin. We will say nothing. You will go nowhere. I expect you to continue showing your gratitude for my generosity. If you please me, our arrangement can continue. You like the dresses and ensembles, Rose. You want the comforts and niceties that your family's fall denied you. Her throat tightened. She blinked back the first tears of the day. You misunderstood. You gave me your aging innocence and your favours. You took my gifts. I misunderstood nothing. He bent down so his face was mere inches from hers. She fought the instinct to veer away from the ruddy complexion and pale eyes and tawny hair that once belonged to a man she respected. She had even convinced herself that he was handsome. We understand each other now, at least, don't we? He made it a demand. There will be no more childish delicacy tonight. Her stomach lurched. There have been too many misunderstandings, and I fear they continue. I have asked to leave all day because there will be nothing tonight. His mouth formed a line so hard she was grateful others were in the chamber. The hand on her shoulder gave a painful squeeze. You do try a man's patience, Rose. The prickling returned on her nape and scurried down her spine. She searched his expression for signs of the jovial man she had so recently thought loved her. She could find none. Of course not. That man had never existed. A mild disturbance broke their silent battle of wills. The butler eased through the drawing-room. Norbury took the card being borne on a silver salver. He read it and walked away. He opened the doors that led into the library. Before the door closed, she glimpsed a tall, dark-haired gentleman waiting in there. Ill-ease sloshed in her stomach. She fought to contain the panic that wanted to pour through her. She had been stupid again, ignorant and blind. What she endured now was nothing. Tonight would be the true descent into hell. Norbury appeared angry when he entered the library. Kyle caught a glimpse of the drawing-room before the doors closed. Bradwell, I expected you earlier. The surveyors took longer than expected. Kyle gestured toward the drawing-room. You are entertaining. I can return tomorrow. Nonsense. You're here now. Let us see what you have. Norbury's face creased into a smile intended to be reassuring. Kyle surmised that the annoyance was not with the hour of his call, but something else. Like most men of his station, 
Viscount Norbury, son and heir to the Earl of Cottingham, did not take disagreement well. He expected all but his peers to assume that whatever he did or said was correct. It looked as if someone in the drawing-room had not conformed to those rules. Kyle unfurled a large roll of paper on the desk. Norbury bent over it. He scanned the map closely, then stuck a finger on a blank section near a stream. Why have you left this empty? We could fit another estate here. A good size one, too. Your father does not want another house visible from the back of the manor house. But with the stream there is no way to use that land without positioning the new house. He is of no mind or condition to make such decisions now. You know that. It's why he handed management of his affairs to me. It is still his land, and he spoke his wishes to me directly. Norbury's anger was definitely directed at Kyle now. I'll like him. He has agreed to carve up one of our properties into...